your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, September 2nd. I'm Terry Aranga here with two highly motivated moms, Carrie Rivera of Dan Mexico and the Autism O2 Center and Laurie Malwam, Executive Director of Autism Canada. Laurie is Autism One's liaison to Canada and Carrie is Autism One's liaison to Mexico. We'll be talking today about the situation for children with autism in Canada and Mexico, biomedical and other interventions that Laurie and Carrie have seen help affect improvement and recovery, especially on a low budget, and the foundational role of diet, including common ingredients that slow down healing. Before we begin, this show will have medical information, but this information is not provided as medical advice. Parents or patients should research all information given. Every person's physiology is unique, so all information provided should be discussed with the patient's personal physician, who provides the patient with regular medical oversight, monitoring, and lab testing, and who keeps up to date on the most recent research and interventions, beginning any significant biomedical intervention or making changes to an established regimen should be discussed with the patient's physician in advance. Laurie and Carrie, thank you for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Carrie, let's start with Mexico. Are there any estimates on how many children are affected? There are not. What does it look like to you? Does it look like a pretty high prevalence? It looks exactly the same as we're seeing in the United States. Okay. So how easy or not is it for children and families to receive medical, educational, and other supports in Mexico? One of the biggest reasons why we started the clinic to begin with because there really wasn't anything. When we got the diagnosis, it was kind of like, well, there's nothing you can really do about it. And then, of course, once I learned of, we learned of Dan and every other thing that's out there, we started to realize there's a lot you can do to be very proactive in the recovery of a child on the spectrum. So we, we began, after we started with our son, we started realizing we could share that with the rest of, with the rest of the town, the state, and the country. And that's how we started, why we started. I think I heard that you were from Chicago, is that right? Right. Was it easy to hear about, were you in Chicago or in Mexico when you realized that your son was experiencing some challenges? I was in Mexico. We've been living here for 13 years, so my son was born here. And how easy was it for you to find out about Dan then? Um, it was actually through somebody that I know from, from, from my personal life, and that was somebody that said, oh, I know this woman, and actually she was, she's from Toronto, Canada. And so she hooked us up through via email, and uh, we got started. She told me, just Google everything I tell you and go to this Dan doctor, and we started that way. Was it Laurie? No, it, was, it wasn't Laurie. It was uh, Nora Whitney. Oh, how, how coincidental that we're on with Laurie. Um, what's the overall financial situation like for most families in Mexico? It's, it's not good. The only, the, I think the, the blessing in disguise is that the basic diet in Mexico, which is, which is a corn-based diet, really lends itself to, to the gluten-free, casein-free, soy-free diet anyhow. Well, we're going to talk some more about 
diet in a little bit because I think you have some more thoughts about corn. Mm-hmm. Are there many enlightened doctors in this area that surrounds you or in Mexico? No, not at all. Well, just getting back to the previous question for a minute, when when you say the financial situation is not good for most families there, I mean, how how not good is it? How much support optimally would they need? Well, a lot of the families that I that that, that come to the clinic, they really they really fight hard for their kids, and and you know every every extra dime that they have, they definitely put towards their child's recovery. The thing is, they don't have a lot of money to begin with, so whatever the 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 income is, it's coming into the house is not very high. I think you had mentioned to me a while back something like was it. Four hundred U.S. dollars a month, eight hundred U.S. dollars a month. Some, somewhere between those two is where the majority of the, of the families lie. <sighs> so, mm-hmm. and uh, there aren't many enlightened doctors in the surrounding area. So, um, you started the Autism O2 Center, which is in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, correct? Yes. And what kinds of interventions are offered there? We do diet supplementation, ABA therapy, IV chelation, and hyperbarics. I think I even saw on your website, uh, if I had the correct website, a uh, foot bath. We do the foot bath also. Was was it, uh, I went to www.freewebs.com forward slash bebepingo, B-E-B-E-P-I-N-G-O, is that right? Right, or dan.com.mx can take you there too. I guess that would be uh, easier. Okay. So you've mentioned the different kinds of uh, interventions that are offered at the Autism O2 Center, and I understand that you had the DAN protocol translated into Spanish after discussion with Dr. Bernie Rimland. We did. We had lunch together, and I was wanting to help the families and spoke with my husband about it. And so when I met with Dr. Rimland and his wife, uh, that was basically what we came down to. Instead of reinventing the wheel, he said, why don't we just translate it into Spanish and take it to Latin America? And that was what my husband and I decided to do. Absolutely, and there's a great picture of uh, you with Dr. Rimland on the web if people Google. Um, let's get back to the diet. Why do you emphasize diet as foundational, and what kind of no-nos are insidious to the current dietary staples in Mexico? Well, one of the biggest things is my friends with the recovered children, they always say that the diet is somewhere between 70 and 90% of the recovery alone. And whenever I see families doing the diet correctly, the children just get so much better that the last thing that they're really missing is maybe the speech part, but that comes along with, with the detoxification process. And some of the biggest things that I see to be a problem is that corn syrup is not really the corn that's allowed. Corn syrup is actually a derivative. So Sodas, ketchup, and mayonnaise seem to be a problem, and if we catch that and get that out of the diet, that helps. And so one of the last things that was actually a problem in my case, too, was Play-Doh. Play-Doh is that, uh, the, the, the dough the kids play with, and um, that stuff is actually made out of wheat, and so that keeps the, the children in the same position as if we weren't doing the diet, so we've got to get rid of the Play-Doh. There's a company that makes a Play-Doh that I buy that does not have, does not have wheat, and it's at discountschoolsupplies.com. That's been a blessing because most of our kids like to play with Play-Doh. Discountschoolsupplies.com. Is that because they, with the regular Play-Doh, they get it on, they eat it directly or do they get it on? Or they get it transdermally, I think. So so transdermal exposure to gluten-containing products is important? I believe so because I see a lot of children doing that sideways glancing that have been on the diet or... Or just you know basic basic uh, you know glutamorphine behavior. 
For our listeners who aren't familiar with this, what is glutamorphine behavior? Um, a lot of hyperactivity, uh, very strange behavior, sleeplessness. Oh, I see. Um, you're telling us some of the manifestations. I mean, what does the actual term mean? What, what physiologically does that mean? What happens is that the, the, the gluten protein leaves the intestine and goes into the bloodstream and arrives to the brain, and it causes this glutamorphine effect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, what about tortillas? The corn tortillas are fine. Okay. So it's just corn syrup? Corn syrup is not, is not good. Okay. What about soy? Soy is not good either. It's very similar to gluten in, in structure. So what's left to eat? Rice and beans and meat and fruits and vegetables and uh, the tostadas here, the, the tamales, the, the corn tortillas. Basically, the, the, the Mexican diet is very good for these kids, so long as we get rid of the, the uh, newfangled products like the sodas and the McDonald's and things like that. Okay. Um, is it organic? Do you find that that makes a difference? We don't get a lot of organic here, so, you know, just what you find in the grocery stores that the children do well on. They can recover without organic. So when you have helped families implement dietary and other changes um, using the various interventions that you described earlier, what have you seen? What did the families see? The, the families overall enjoy their children more. They, everybody gets to sleep through the night. The children are more proactive in the family. In one of the cases so far, there's been a full recovery, which is exciting, and it gives the rest of us um, the motivation to continue on. And a lot of children develop language. Right. Can you give us some examples? Is it possible to correlate any particular intervention or interventions that anybody is using with these improvements? The diet and the supplementation, I think, are probably the most important two keys. With those two things alone, the children start to come around really nicely. What was it that helped your son get his language back? The hyperbaric chamber. Okay. Tell us about that. Well, after doing, we'd done about a year and a half of the protocol, doing the diet, the supplementation. We had done the the cream, the the, the chelating creams and the the oral chelators, and um, then it was time to start. Hyperbarics was kind of coming into play in the DAN protocol. And so the doctor at the time said, oh, you know, 40 sessions in the chamber. And so we went up and we did 40 sessions in the chamber, and we came back, and about two weeks later, Patrick no longer fit into his ABA program. Wow. We had to rewrite the program. It was really impactful. Wow, and you call your center the Autism O2 Center, so I've got to assume you think that's a significant intervention. Yeah, we think it's really important. Do you have high or low-pressure chambers there? Do you think that makes a difference? Uh, the, the, bag, the bag chambers, you mean? Um, the low-pressure ones um, as opposed to the ones that are hard and metal? Ours are hard. It's a uh-huh. two-and-a-half-ton stainless steel chamber by Sands Corporation in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And we think it's very important to go above 1. 1.5, 1.5, 1.7, 1.8, 2.0. That's what the doctor on our chamber recommends. Um, around 1.3, Bob Sands was telling me that they can actually um, give rise to bacteria, and some children actually get worse. So it's, it's important to avoid doing damage. Do no okay. harm first. Sure. Definitely want to do this under medical oversight. And you have medical oversight for your clinic. Right, we have a doctor, Dr. Dr. Zertucci is our doctor on the, on the chamber at the clinic. Okay. 
Um, so did you want to share any particularly dramatic stories with us? Well, we have one child that, that actually recovered, which is exciting, and he, but he was one of the, the low-hanging fruit, as they say. You know, with the diet and the supplementation, he started to get his speech and socialize. And then once he started the, the IV chelation and the hyperbarics, then he came around completely. Excellent. And more on this when we come back to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. If you've tried everything on the market and can't seem to get the radiant results you want from your skincare routine, it's time you stop shopping and start listening. Skin Health Today will help you take charge and start making smart choices for a lifetime of radiant skin and positive self-image. Join host Celeste Hilling and her esteemed panel of experts every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Skin Health Today on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And we're back talking with Carrie Rivera of Dan Mexico and the Autism O2 Center and Laurie Malam, Executive Director of Autism Canada. And Carrie, um, I want to ask you a couple of more questions before we chat with Laurie. How do families get access to your clinic? That's a really good question because some of them come from uh, my administrator was standing in the in the line to pay his electric bill and he saw a child with some some irregular behavior and recommended them to come to the clinic. Some people see us on the internet. Um, I do angel angel rescue 
for Generation Rescue, and I mentor for TACA, so some of the kids I get that way. Um, and then some of the local families, they, they see the sign and they come in, or people on vacation, they'll drive past it and they'll come in. Are there any grassroots efforts in Mexico, or are things well-networked there? No, not really. They're, they're really not. There are some groups that are sort of starting up right now, but um, I, I think in general there's not enough, there's not enough um, emphasis on recovery being possible. So some of these things like acceptance, you know, um, I think that we need to get past that and we need to start working towards the children getting on the diet. It's, it's a hard work. It's a lot easier just to go into acceptance or whatever, but when you really can see that recovery is possible, we need to start working towards it. You know, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think acceptance and working towards recovery uh, are both necessary. You're so correct. Yeah, some people criticize um, parents who are trying to move their children forward on the path of recovery because they're saying that those parents aren't accepting their children. Well, they are accepting their children, but just like with neurotyp- you know, children considered neurotypical, you always you, know, you love your child and you always want to help them be the best that they can be. And in the case of children with autism, autism is a whole body condition, and there are legitimate physiological issues, which when you help, which is really the respectful, humane, and merciful thing to do for an individual, um, the children have enjoy better functionality and better health and have uh, better prospects for the safest and most functional future. So um, do you have any plans for outreach in neighboring countries, Carrie? Actually, um, I've been to Panama, and there are some families that are very interested, and there's a doctor who owns three Seacrest chambers down in Panama who invited me to go down and give a talk to some mothers and go talk with some doctors. And that was sort of the beginning, and now we're going to plan to do a um, sort of a, a small conference just to talk to moms and, and make it as low budget as possible because, again, that, fa- that country also doesn't have, there's not a lot of money for, for, for families to pay for conferences, large conferences. So we'll go down and with me and a, a girlfriend of mine who's a Dan doctor and my nurse who he does IV chelation here. And so kind of go down and train and, and talk. And so, yeah, Panama is definitely a place where we're, we're working now. Very good. Um, I want to let listeners know that you've started up a show, hosting a show in Spanish on Autism One Radio, www.autismone, uh, spelled out, O-N-E, dot org forward slash radio. So um, if any listeners know uh, families who are Spanish-speaking, they could listen to that show. So how do you help families who have a very low budget? I come into your clinic, um, I have a family, and our income for the month is $400. U.S. Help me. Well, basically what we do in that case, in one of those cases I was able to get a girlfriend of mine uh, to, to actually pay the bills, <laughs> uh, to be able to donate it uh, to help that family. Um, I, there's also a wonderful restaurant here in Puerto Vallarta called Banana Cantina. If anybody ever gets down to Puerto Vallarta, please go there. They support us once, once a month. We get to do a fundraising dinner, and they give me 10% of all the checks, plus we're able to do raffles and raffle off some, some nice prizes, and I get somewhere between maybe $400 and $700 or um, you know, just rallying around trying to find funds for people. What I, what I mean is, okay, say that I'm... I'm not 
living right near you and I want to start helping my child as economically as possible, moving them forward on the road to recovery, um, I would assume that things like diets and uh, therapeutic diet and supplements would be some of the more economical ways to start. Absolutely. I do diets from long distance uh, via email or on the phone, and then we, send, we can send the supplements from our clinic to other places through the, the mail. Okay, and, and you are in uh, close coordination um, with uh, a doctor and you have medical oversight. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Laurie, let's move to Canada. How many children are estimated to have autism? Well, we don't have an exact figure, but we think it's in line with the United States. Now, we do have some uh, um, uh, studies that have been done, most recent being 2003, saying 1 in 166. But we do have um, other uh, information that's coming out of school boards that says we're right in line with the United States CDC number. So it's huge. Yes, it is huge. When are children diagnosed and what's available to them? Well, you know, we still hear the stories of, of children not being diagnosed by their GPs, but it's getting better. Um, so I would say we're getting a lot of the kids uh, before the age of three. I, there's uh, certainly accounts of, uh, you know, identifying kids even below two. So it's improving. Um, it's not where we think it should be at, but, um, you know, uh, any progress is good. So we're going in the right direction. So. They're diagnosed, and then what's available to them? Well, waiting lists mainly. Um, that's why we do get a lot of calls, and we refer them to, to books so that they can start interventions uh, uh, right away. Uh, but um, each province has their own um, education and, and medical programs, so every province and territory is different. It's like living in 10 different countries in one country. Yeah. So... For example, in Ontario, you'd wait on a waiting list for a diagnosis, and then you'd wait on a waiting list for early intervention. And there are provinces and territories that have absolutely nothing. And because of that, we're seeing people moving, and we're seeing professionals leaving their their provinces and heading to Alberta, as an example. So it's affecting uh, the whole country, really. It's having a rippling effect. What do you mean by professionals moving? Professional parents who can afford to or professional doctors who want something better for the kids? Professional doctors, as an example. Um, in our news recently, there was a doctor on the eastern, in the eastern provinces that um, uh, basically has left his position to move to Alberta to, to work there because there's better services for his son. Okay. Um, so do you think that this is... Is this... A, a function of politics, do you think, or the country's economic status? Um, I think economics has a lot to do with it. Certainly our uh, wealthier provinces have more services on the whole, and I say that because um, Alberta certainly has a reputation of uh, providing the money, but their problem is they don't have the service providers. But, uh, you know, they give about $40,000 a year per person with an autism diagnosis, but so does Newfoundland. So uh, that's kind of um, contradicts the fact that uh, Newfoundland would be one of our, our, our social, economic, poorer provinces. Um, but um, so you know they're all different. Saskatchewan's about twenty-five thousand, and Manitoba six thousand, and they neighbor each other. So it's a crapshoot, really. Well, um, in the United States, there aren't enough service providers either. But I think that that is. Um, also largely a function of the fact that 
This is an epidemic. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I agree with you. I think that our federal government has a role to play here, and for the large part, I think that they're playing the ostrich game by sticking their, their head in the sand, and really it's just going to end up catching up to them. In um, 2007, our, we had a Senate committee hearing, and they issued a report called Pay Now, Pay Later, Autism Families in Crisis. Wow. I, I don't think I have to say any more. The title says it all. Right. And we saw a 12-page response from our federal government that was very disappointing. And, and to date, we really haven't seen much that affects the families. You know, we had a, um, a symposium on research but what has come out of that is, is more paper and other report. We need families to get services, and it's really, for the most part, uh, not happening. It's very overtaxed and um, inconsistent. You're talking about families getting help now. What do you think the interplay uh, is between the direction of research and families getting or not getting help now? And that's a good question, Terry. I think it's, it's a, it must be a number of things. I think it's because the money isn't there, because it is a big problem already. The second thing I wonder is if they don't play off of different organizations in Canada that maybe don't see things the same way. Um, so if we're not going to have a consistent voice, then how do we know what we're supposed to do? So it's kind of like um, passing the buck on to um, autism organizations in Canada. And um, I just don't think that the service providers are there, really, like, like you said, the same as in the United States. The other thing we lack big time in Canada is federal legislation to make these things happen. When I, when I look at the United States, Terry, about your American with Disabilities Act, we don't have an equivalent to that. When, we think, when I think about your Mental Health Parity Act, we don't have equivalent to that. We don't have insurance companies paying for any treatment here. And when I look at the Disabilities Educational Act, your IDEA Act, we don't have that either to protect our, uh, our children in the education system. Well, we just had a show on insurance legislation last week, and still um, families are having a difficult time getting payment for biomedical interventions that have helped so many children with autism recover. And, um, you know, you and I just affirmed that this is, an epidemic. We know that there can't be a genetic epidemic. It's impossible. Uh, yet it looks like a lot of the research is going into genetics, and we know that there are treatments that help children right now. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. Um, we do have little holes of research happening um, that I think um, are groundbreaking, but for the most part, our our, our old school way of looking at this and the, and the way that the government's choosing to look at it is spending the money on uh, genome projects and uh, on uh, earlier screening uh, tools, which... Don't... I, sorry, go ahead. Don't you think that we should look at the recovered children that are out there and say, okay, how did you recover these thousands of children basically using the exact same, same path? That's an excellent question that we can discuss further when we come back from break on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, and be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virostop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health & Wellness. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Well, right before we went on break, Carrie Rivera brought up a great question. Why don't they just look at what helped the recovered children? So let's talk with Laurie about this. Laurie, how were you able to recover your son, Tommy? What kinds of educational, biomedical, dietary, and other means did you use? Well, um, I I got the information, or it was uh, the catalyst for it was from the Dan website. And the big thing for us was the diet. Uh, we removed liquid milk, and uh, we heard our first word, which was no. <laughs> but we heard a word, yeah. and we just went from there. We took out the gluten, uh, the refined sugars, uh, the artificial flavors and sweeteners, and it wasn't like, you know, he woke up the next day and he could speak in full sentences. There was lots of one-on-one time, uh, which leads to the home-based educational program that we choose. We did a Sunrise program for three years. And besides the, the, the diet and the one-on-one uh, intervention, we did a lot of supplementation uh, for, uh, to detoxify himself and to support his deficiencies. And we did digestive enzymes, probiotics, essential fatty acids, and we did detoxification with a red clover formula that had milk thistle and dandelion and red clover and et cetera. And, um, you know, anything I could do. So, for example, we had a mini trampoline for rebounding in his playroom. If there was times when he wanted to relax, we'd massage. 
and we did nad acupuncture and chiropractic adjustments when he got well enough that we didn't have to go against him to do those things. And it was a culmination of everything. And uh, it, was a, it was slow, and it wasn't a consistent, meaning every day he got a little better. We had a lot of ups and downs over those three years, and he started grade one with no education assistant, wow. no special curriculum, and um, he's an amazing little boy. He started grade six today. Wow. Congratulations, Lori. Thank you. You mentioned rebounding. Um, what is that? It's jumping on a trampoline. And basically, you have your weightlessness, and then when you hit the trampoline, you have the double gravity, and it produces a pumping action, which helps the, the body circulate um, oxygen and nutrition through the bloodstream. Really? So it's a, it's a fun way to, um, uh, to look after yourself. How interesting. And you mentioned NAET. Can you explain that more fully to our listeners, please? Well, uh, it's a relatively new treatment. Um, and basically, you take the allergen and put it in the body's area. And we used auricular laser acupuncture as opposed to traditional acupuncture. And when they do the acupuncture, when your food allergens in your in your body um, sphere, shall we say, of energy, it corrects. The, the allergy, and uh, basically some of them we could correct in one treatment and other ones we went back six times for, for example, the gluten. And it basically lets the body um, uh, le- relearn its normal reaction to something that is an allergy for it. So. Okay, and I know that um, other uh, parents with whom I've spoken and um other professionals also feel that allergy elimination is important, and I believe NAET stands for Nambutrapad Allergy Elimination Technique. That's right. Uh, I believe our host uh, on Autism One Radio, Jerry Brewster, talks about this, if I recall correctly, and I know that Sherry Tenpenny's uh, medical practice worked on allergy elimination. I'm not sure if that's the methodology that they used. And you also found cranial sacral therapy to be important? Well, we did it once a month, and um, he enjoyed it, and he allowed it to be done, and he asked for it. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where I can't say as soon as he had a treatment I saw a difference, but how could it hurt him? And it was something that we're able to do. And uh, I thought it was it, it was it was worthwhile. Cranial sacral therapy is a very gentle um methodology used by uh, some chiropractors. It's uh, gentle and non-invasive. I think they use the pressure of a a nickel, Mm -hmm. like the weight of a nickel. Yes, it's it's very light. And I know for my son, um, when he started cranial sacral therapy, he started, he stopped, excuse me, he stopped like pressing his head into the backs of the couch cushions on the furniture, Mm -hmm. which seemed to indicate to me that um, something positive had occurred. Now, Laura, you mentioned supplementation for detoxification. How do those two go together? Well, as I said, I used a red clover formula and vitamin C and liquid chlorophyll, and all of these things are natural ways to detoxify. So, for example, chlorophyll is nature's, uh, basically the chlorophyll out of our green leaves, and it's a great uh, uh, blood detoxification. Uh, detoxifier. So what I do is I put a few drops of chlorophyll in his water. So it's very easy to do, non-invasive, doesn't taste like anything, is good for him, especially when you have kids that aren't getting all their greens. 
Mm-hmm. So, and that's the same way I gave him the red clover formula as well. And the supplementation, you know, things that come to mind for me is I knew copy, uh, Tommy's copper-zinc ratio was out of whack. So, for example, zinc's a, a powerful healer, and I knew um, that he was having uh, problems with his gastrointestinal system because he has chronic diarrhea with mucus in his stool. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get that zinc in him as well. So there was a bunch of supplements that we used and we had tested regularly, and I think it was it was everything um, that helped him heal. I think his physiological body is compromised, and I think I brought him back to well-being, which put him in a state that he could learn, and we caught him up on all his language, and he became interested socially, and he lost interest in all his repetitive behaviors, and he is who he is today. But saying all of that... If he's physiologically compromised, could something else happen? Could he become ill or diseased in the future? I think it's possible. So we try to keep him you know, eating well and uh, staying healthy, and I hope he doesn't uh, make bad choices as a teenager. Well, I think you've given us an excellent summary. Um, and that was an excellent point about how when you helped his physical body, he was able to learn better. Um, a child who's going, who's in school and who is, uh, having what appears to be acting out behaviors because they are in gastrointestinal pain, uh, just to put a behavior plan in place, that's not really respecting the child or being humane to the individual. Um, you need to look at the root cause of what is causing this distress. You know, yeah. Do they have legitimate physiological issues? And we know that so many of the children have gastrointestinal pathology, and when we address that and their pain is relieved, then, of course, they're going to be able to learn better. But it's such a shame that um, so many, you know, old school folks uh, refuse to look at autism as a whole body condition where multiple physiological systems are affected. They just, you know, um, classify it as something uh, psychiatric or psychological or behavioral. And um, and that's not really respecting the child or helping them as they can be helped and should be helped. They're really just looking after themselves. Right, right. Um, so let's go over the interventions that you've uh, mentioned so far. You talked about uh, dietary intervention, elimination, elimination of casein, gluten, artificial colors, artificial flavors, elimination of refined sugars, uh, introducing uh, organic products. Um, you talked about this as dietary interventions, I believe, and then supplementation. You mentioned zinc and essential fatty acids and probiotics and digestive enzymes and detoxification naturally with red clover formula, uh, chlorophyll, liquid chlorophyll, vitamin C, uh, you mentioned rebounding and deep tissue massage, and we've talked about NAIT, acupuncture, NAET, and cranial sacral therapy. Have we left anything out? Did you do any interventions that are con- uh, considered biomedical, like for treating yeast or anything like that? Well, Tommy did have a prescription for Nystatin that we gave him for three months, and then I tried to um, do it um, holistically with garlic, um, kill the yeast, and we never actually um, uh, went back to any antifungals again until a few years ago. We thought, well, let's, let's try some Diflucan. Um, he had, last year, 
he was kind of a weepy and tired, and we thought, well, I wonder if this is yeast. So um, after he finished grade uh, five, you know, it all disappeared, and um, he's back. I don't know if it was just he wasn't happy with the friends at school or the, the teaching environment or, or if it was yeast, but really he's only been on a prescription twice in his whole life. Wow. And, um, it was for the two antifungals, but we did homeopathic remedies as well, which um, I thought were useful, and we did chiropractic adjustments, and I would say that was basically all the things that we did for him. I know some kids, too, you uh, use things like Epsom salt baths to help with uh, digesting phenolic foods. Mm-hmm. We still do that. I keep a jug of Epsom salts, and everyone has it in their bath. I think it's just a, um, it's like putting flax seeds on my table in a pepper grinder. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that we've kept with us that I think is just a healthy lifestyle. Well, that's exactly it. It's just a healthy uh, lifestyle. You were hoping that Tommy would still eat well when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wonderful that he has the capacity now to, you know, independently make good food choices and look out for himself. That you've restored that to him. Um, but these are just common sense things, you know. Um, all of us should just be eating healthily and eliminating things that are bad for us. Mm-hmm. And Laurie, way back in the interview, you mentioned books that when people contact Autism Canada, you recommend some books to them. And uh, let's see if we have a moment before the break for you to mention some of them. Well, the big one that I that I always reference is Dr. Pangborn's and Dr. Baker's book. That's available at the Autism Research Institute and just recently available through Autism Canada. Um, that's the um, oh, behavioral um, autism effective biomedical uh, treatments. I love Dr. Brian Jepson's book, Changing the Course of Autism, mm-hmm. which I recommend all the time. I also love uh, Dr. Janlin, Jacqueline McCandless's book, Children with Starving Brains. And then depending upon um, what diet the child wants to do, if it's a specific carbohydrate diet, I recommend Breaking the Vicious Cycle by Elaine Gottschall. Uh, and my old favorites that I used, of course, was Karen Cerusi's book, um, Unraveling the Mystery of Autism and PDD. So there, there's lots of great ones out there. Even Facing Autism by uh, Lynn Hamilton was a phenomenal book, but, but it's still relevant. Yeah, that was the first one I read. And I I also recommend some of the ones that you mentioned, and I'd add to that Julie Matthews' Nourishing Hope. And more when we come back to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, and we'll be right back. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the 
the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten, and Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. JackLavane.com presents Jack Lavane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine Lavane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lavane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lavane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Hypnosis, what a completely misunderstood word. There are all kinds of myths and superstitions surrounding the concept of hypnosis. The truth is that it can be used safely in practices of health and wellness. Join consulting hypnotist Jennifer Van Wee for the program Hypnosis for Positive Life Changes and learn how to experience relaxation to enhance your ability to cope with stress and other complicated issues. Hypnosis for Positive Life Changes airs Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And we're back with Terry Rivera and Laurie Malwam. And um, we were speaking with Laurie before we went to break. I want to make sure our listeners know what your website is. Autism Canada's website is autismcanada.org. Okay, very good. What kinds of outreach and education efforts has Autism Canada been involved in, Laurie? Well, we do conferences, and we're going to be out in Saskatoon in October. And we, uh, we're, we're available basically seven days a week by phone and email. And we reach out through people contacting us, uh, which there is a lot of. We also get involved by collaborating with other organizations. Uh, one is a Healing Thresholds Medical eBrief that we talk about. Uh, the other would be Help Autism Now with their Autism Physician Handbook that we want to produce in Canada. And uh, we have uh, newsletters that go out regularly. So we encourage people to go to our site and sign up. And again, that's www.autismcanada.org. Um, Laura, do you think it's okay that we let people know that we're uh, planning a conference between, uh, collaborating Autism Canada, Autism One for next year in Toronto and in uh, the fall? Fall of 2009. We're oh. planning hard. Oh, we just did. We just did let them know. Yes. <laughs> okay. And um, so I think that uh, let's talk about some t- practical. We've already given so much practical information, but let's talk about practical summary take-home messages here. Carrie, do you have any things that you'd particularly like to emphasize? I would like to emphasize the diet because we just get so much bang for our buck out of the diet that I think that we can't really emphasize it enough. The gluten-free, casein-free, soy-free diet, as it really should be 
calls instead of just the gluten-free casein freaks. The soy is actually really a big problem, and a lot of the parents substitute soy milk, which has a good taste, but it's actually part of the problem. So the soy's got to go. And we can't look at the diet as if it's a weight loss diet. We need to see it as an allergen. We need to remove this from the child's life, basically, until we recover and and get a balance back into the system. And so we need to be 100% compliant of the diet for as long as it takes to recover the child. And another thing that's really important, and it might be harder to do for a lot of families or it might seem hard to do at the time, the children with the diarrhea, the constipation, or convulsions, they really need to be on the specific carbohydrate diet. It supposedly in 12 months replaces all the tissue of the lining of the intestine, and it really does work miracles. I like it also with the MCT oil, which is a medium-chain triglyceride, and about a tablespoon of that a day really seems to help the children that have convulsions, um, eliminate convulsions, and the hyperbaric chamber also helps the children with the convulsions to eliminate the convulsions altogether. Now, I think that Laurie mentioned the book Breaking the Vicious Cycle by Elaine Gottschall. Is that correct, Laurie? Yes, that's correct. It's and that book is available point. in Spanish as well. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, very good. And uh, there's a website. I think there are websites Breaking the Vicious Cycle. It's pecanbread.com. Yeah, pecanbread.com um, and resources on those websites. And Laurie, I know that you mentioned uh, collaboration, um, take-home messages from you. And, oh, um, you know what? Let's talk about Dr. Wendy Edwards from Canada, her work with the kids in Canada, recovering her child, and uh, her work with Autism Canada. Do you think it's okay for you to speak a bit for her? Well, sure. Like, uh, Dr. Edwards was my son's pediatrician, and she watched him recover. And when her own son was diagnosed in 2003, um, we quickly started connecting on a, on a personal level, and she has recovered her son as well. And all the things that she's learned by attending three Dan conferences, two Autism One conferences, three Dan training days, and reading every peer-reviewed journal article she can put her hands on, um, all the books we've mentioned earlier, she's now using that in her practice for the last five years for kids with AST diagnosis and getting sensational results. So uh, I don't know of anyone else in, in Canada that's a, that's a pediatrician, an MD, that's doing all of this and, uh, in, in a regular medical practice. So she, she's really an angel for us. Absolutely. Can you give some more concrete examples of what she used with her child or what she is using that correlates with the amazing results she's seen with kids in her practice? Well, diet is huge. Um, you know, you can do everything without diet and, and quite often um, not, not get any results. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's the key um, for, the, for the overwhelming majority of our kids. Um, and then the, the supplementation and um, all the other complementary interventions that we've discussed. Really, she basically has done pretty much everything that I've done. And uh, it, it works for her, mm-hmm. uh, her son. But you said a lot of parents are moving out of the country or, or taking their children to practitioners out of the country to get help. Yes, because there isn't enough of uh, people like Dr. Edwards, and often families want an MD. Now, I will say that we do have naturopathic doctors here that will assist, but when it comes to getting a prescription uh, uh, antifungal, et cetera, or antiviral, or they want to do laboratory testing, this is where you need the MD uh, to help you, and, and that's where there isn't enough help. Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, as we said before, if you're doing any significant 
biomedical intervention with your child or thinking about changing uh, regimens, make sure you have an experienced doctor who really knows the true underlying roots of autism and um, keeps up to date on the latest research. Um, and, you know, we want to recover the children. We also proceed forward safely and cautiously with uh, due diligence. And everything has a certain order, like, like Lori was saying. You don't start with hyperbarics and IV chelation until you have the diet and the supplements in place. Okay, and why is that? Because you need to have a foundation. Mm-hmm. For instance, the diet would, would get rid of some of the inflammation that, um, that you need to get rid of before you start chelating. And then um, the, the supplements will actually give a little, uh, with, the, with the minerals, for instance, because when you do chelation, you also strip minerals out of the body. Mm-hmm. So you need to have those even at levels that would be safe for the child. Right, and that's something that they test for during you know, any um, significant chelation process is the mineral levels in the child. And every time there's a gut dysbiosis, we're going to have some dysbiosis as well with the with with the minerals. Now, have both of you have your children experienced um, both of them gut issues that you've been able to remedy? Yes, definitely. Can you tell us more about that? My child doesn't have chronic diarrhea with undigested food and a mucus in his stool. Mm-hmm. My child sleeps through the night. Thing. My my child sleeps through the night. My uh-huh. child doesn't stim anymore. My child's verbal. Uh-huh. My child's social. So we've been able to remedy all those things, all the things that are autism. Do you, you think there's a big connection between cognitive function and the condition of the gut? Absolutely. I think they're totally connected. They're, they're, they're dependent on one another. They mm-hmm. call the gut the second brain for a reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, and um, so before we close, um, have we left anything out that's important for parents to know? I would just like parents to know that you you have a right to have hope, that when my child was diagnosed, I knew recovery was possible. I didn't know he would be one, but I set out to try everything I could to help him recover, and it just so happened he was one that could recover, and your child maybe too. I think that it's not a, I think that it's a, not a sprint, it's a marathon, so we have to get ready for the long haul, but that recovery is possible. Recovery is even possible in the older children that we've seen in the 13-year-old. We see even improvement in 25-year-old and 30-year-old people that do the diet and the supplementation, et cetera. So we can never lose hope, even though it might take us longer than four years or six years that some of my friends with their children that are recovered have taken. Right. Um, I've just recently heard about a 22-year-old who just started verbalizing. Yeah, he's using um, working with Dr. Harry Schneider, um, who's at Columbia in New York. I want to remind people on the note of hope about the National Autism Conference, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, November 13th through 16th, 2008, and they talk about hopeism now affecting one in 150. That's at www.nationalautismassociation.org. Carrie and Laurie, thank you for your passion and dedication to the kids and families and for sharing this information here with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. Next week, my guest will be Dr. Nancy O'Hara, who is a board-certified pediatrician, assistant medical director for Defeat Autism Now Physician Training and physician mentoring director for Defeat Autism Now in Europe. For any questions about this program, please email me at tiaranga at autismone.org. And to our listeners, Thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
Friends of Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.